My message this morning is called, It's a Heart Thing, uh, number four, and I'm dealing with fruit today. Fruit comes out of the heart. You might go, my heart is fruity. Everyone say that. Some of the really manly men are going, I'm not saying that. <laughs> how, many, how many wives are pointing at their husbands going, he, he won't say that. I mean, you're like, he will not say his heart is fruity. I get it. I totally do. Uh, but your heart produces fruit. The heart is the engine that makes us go and act. We can blame whatever we want, but the truth is it is a heart thing. Scripture calls it fruit. We as believers produce fruit, and we can decide what kind of fruit we want to produce based on the choices we make in our relationship with God. Sort of like what we just discussed with worship. The truth is, a lot of times when people abstain from worship, and they've told, I've had people tell me this, it's just not my style. The truth is, it's not about style. It's a fruit issue when it comes to their heart. They're not willing to let go. Now, I want to be clear. I am anti-flaky. You know that. So if someone decides, hey, I'm going to put my Superman cape on and I'm going to just go for it, there's a very good chance I'm tackling you because I believe in the book and we have to follow the book, right? Otherwise, we get into the weird. We get into the weird. And many people have been deceived by the weird, and when God manifests himself in the supernatural, there should be permanent change. If there isn't permanent change, then it is flaky and weird. That's the test. So when you hear, oh, there's a revival happening over here, which, by the way, everybody uses that word. I've been around long enough. I've heard everything from, oh, there's, there's gold dust falling from the ceiling. People are picking tape off their clothes. Where is that pattern in Scripture? Where has God been that extravagant in Scripture? It doesn't fit. And by the way, and I had one of those revivals in my town, that went on for quite a while, and it sucked a lot of people out of different churches. And you know what it did? Caused division, caused hurt, caused separation of issues in marriages, caused problems in the lives of teenagers. I had young people that fell away from God because they are all into the sign. Oh, so-and-so had gold teeth put in their head. And they said, Pastor, you can't dispute that. I said, I'm not disputing that gold teeth put in their head. I said, the devil does things too. I said, listen, very carefully to me. In Scripture, when Jesus did a sign, there was a specific reason and purpose for it. But it wasn't about the flash. It doesn't follow the pattern. I will probably have 10 people come to me after and say they've seen it. Listen. I'm telling you, someone came in with like tape and was showing me, and I can't you see it? And I'm like, no. No, there, it's there. Listen, I, 
I'm just telling you, if you chase the sign, if you run after the sign, you're missing the creator. Jeremiah 17.9 is our base scripture we've been using. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. You can't fix it. You can't. Men, women, boys, girls, teenagers, guys, girls, you can't rescue somebody that's not a believer. People try to do it in relationships all the time. I've seen... Grown women try to rescue an unsaved man. It ends in disaster. And the other way around. And I've seen teenagers do it too. Do not mix yourself with an unbeliever. You cannot rescue them. Witness to them. Take them to church. But do not connect yourself to them in relationship. They are pulling in a different direction. Oh, they're so nice. Yep, the devil was nice. Well, he handed stuff to Eve, and guess what happened? Her husband took it too. Am I saying they're the devil? No, I'm saying that they're being deceived by him. And do you want to follow suit? Well, I, but God hasn't brought me anyone yet, and you're being impatient. And you're telling God he doesn't know how to do his job. I don't want to get stoned. Listen, I'm telling the truth. I waited for my beautiful wife till I was 26. I knew he went, that's not that old. Tell that to a young person. They're like, that's like 100 years old. You're an old man. I waited, you know, because I didn't want to settle. Wanted the one that mattered to me. The heart is beyond cure. And then it says, who can understand it? One day you think you have your heart figured out and the next day you don't. It just goes boomerang on you. It goes over here and slaps you around. One day you're thinking you're trucking down the road, you're producing good stuff, and then over here the next day, you blow a gasket. And you like do mean stuff. Anybody ever been there? Like you were doing really good as a believer, and then you just... And you're like, where'd that come from? Parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you're loving on your kids. You think they're the cutest thing in the world. You're in the van. They're, they're like fighting in the car. And all of a sudden, you feel the Hulk manifesting in your body. You know, and you turn around, you're You know, and the kids, like, they're under the seat now, terrified, dialing grandma on their iPhone, asking if they can move in. You know what I mean? And then you're then after that, you're crying because you don't know why it happened. <laughs> and that's just dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, who can possibly make sense of the mess? Well, in Jeremiah, our second base verse was 
Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart, and he examines the mind. So it's the Lord who has the best perspective for two main reasons. One, he's perfect. He's, he's sinless. So he can see this beating mess inside of us. He understands our thoughts, our intents, our motives. He understands it all. And let's be honest, if we're really, really honest, we're sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, dark, twisted, manipulative people. Some of you got offended right there, didn't you? But we have that in us. It's there. I said, oh no, I've walked with the Lord for so long that I'm not capable of that. Yes, you are. (laughs) Under the right circumstances, the flesh will rise up and we will do its bidding. It's subtle. And it comes a calling and we come a answering. And the Lord examines the mind. Now, again, we could talk about the differences in the mind between men and women. Um, I profile people, and one of the things that I usually will tell couples when I talk to them is that women, you think all the time. It doesn't ever stop. It is like a supernova If they could harness that power, there'd be no need for the Green New Deal. Literally. And I mean, it's also part of your gift. Women can just like walk into the biggest mess sometimes. And it's like... And they have like this schematic in seconds. Now guys... We literally can think about nothing for hours. And that's our superpower. (laughs) And when we get asked, you know, we walk up to a mess, our Rolodex kind of goes like this. We got to find the key to the drawer. We got to unlock it. We got to open it. We got to flip through the index cards. And this isn't a reflection on our intelligence because we're really smart. Just, we don't go as fast. And if you ask us, we're like, I'm thinking. Nope. You've already had 10 plans already. (laughs) You know, but we're still, but we'll get one plan and it'll work. We'll get one plan, but we'll make it work. And that's the biggest difference in the two. But God has the ability to look down on both of those very different minds and see clearly what's going on in both. And that is amazing because he helps us sort out what's going on inside of both. And here's the beautiful thing. As drastically different as both of those minds are, when they are united together in a marriage, bound together by the Holy Spirit, they work together in incredible unity. However, the divorce rate in the church is as high as it is in the world. 
which tells me what I already knew, which the church, the modern church, has removed the Holy Spirit's access to the church for far too long. And we need to include him again. Give him the chance to impact our homes, our kids, our marriages, our lives. Amen? All right. So, here's the here it is today. We're talking about fruit. Your heart fed by flesh produces the following. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 9, 21, and I broke this down today very, very carefully. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. The heart given over to the flesh versus the spirit is obvious. It's going to cause the following. Sexual immorality, and even in the church world, people try to justify acts of sexual immorality. I've had them in my office try to tell me that certain ways of living and lifestyle, they're fine. And I'm like, what? No, it's not. And I will never cave to that because it's not. Impure living, a life that is below the standard that Christ has set and called us to, walking, in other words, on both sides of the fence. Uh huh. We used to call that lukewarm. I call it walking on both sides of the fence. Because you can't just come on Sunday and look your best and then the rest of the week hop over on the other side of the fence and live like the devil. Come on. You can't get away with it. God sees what's going on. It's going to catch up to you. And eventually, you'll end up outing yourself. Debauchery means this. Excessive indulgence in sexual pleasure. You can take that in whatever direction you want to go. Nowadays, it can mean a lot of things. I'm not getting into examples. There's too many different age groups in the room. These all come from a heart that is surrounded to the whims of the flesh, according to this verse in Galatians. Verse 20, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Verse 21, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not, everyone say will not, inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I broke these down. Don't be afraid because I know there's one in there. You're like, he's not going to talk about that one. It doesn't actually, when I looked it up, mean exactly what you're thinking idolatry the worship of idols even more detailed it can mean extreme admiration or love or reverence for something or someone this is all above or in the place of god we actually can be guilty of idolatry in the church today i'll give you one we talked about it earlier there are people that have actually said to me over the years i would rather that there wasn't even preaching in church i love worship more i'm waiting oh you all feel that way okay i'll go home all right listen without the word of god the worship means nothing they go hand in hand. 
And it becomes its own form of idol worship if we're not careful. That's just one. Or the worship of the people on the platform. We have to be careful of that too, right? It's one of those things we've got to really watch. I, I, I know that God selects people very carefully. And one of the temptations, and I mean, every minister will tell you this is true. The temptation to get ahead like this, you really have to constantly be before God on that. Because ministry is humbling. You'll get 20, oh, pastor, oh, 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 Trust me, you also get, hey, pastor, hey, pastor. I mean, you get those too. You know what I mean? So it's very balanced. Witchcraft, the practice of magic, especially black magic or spells. Black magic, magic, there's really no distinction. I've had Christians come to me and say, listen, um, so I'm not really involved in black magic, I'm just involved in white magic. Hello? Or I'm a Wiccan. Let me just explain this to you very clearly. There's God and the devil. That's it. If you're not talking to God, you're talking to the devil. Period. I worked in a downtown church. And let me tell you, we started to pray that the Wiccan store would close. And she thought that we were coming to get her. And she called an army of skinheads from Toronto down because we did a prayer walk. Imagine me and like a bunch of over 40 up to 70-year-olds at night doing a prayer walk were met by a bunch of skinheads in the middle of the road who wanted to have a fight. I mean, clearly we would have won. And this kid with green hair stops me on the sidewalk and says, what are you doing? Um, we're going to City Hall down the road? What are you going to do? You here for the witch? Uh, no, we're going to go pray for our city and for the witch. <laughs> You're not coming for her? No. And the Holy Spirit, all the way on the sidewalk, said, do not move out of the way for him. And do not step aside. I thought, oh, you're asking me to fight. <laughs> Hockey, here we go. And he goes, all right. You know what they did? Followed us down there. And they stood there. And they listened to us sing worship songs. They listened to us read scripture and pray. Black magic had no power that night. Hatred, intense dislike, or ill will. See, those things all come from the heart. It's a fruit of the heart. Discord, to live in a place of disagreement. You might be someone that just constantly is in the place of disagreement. And it doesn't, I'm not talking here just about like church. Please don't think everything's about church. You could be in disagreement in your home with your family or with the world. I don't know. But to live in disagreement, 
Jealousy, the state of being unhappy and angry caused by a belief that a loved one might be unfaithful. Jealousy is a biggie. It's a real big one. And it starts, I'm not picking on you guys because I love you guys, you know that. It starts in your age group right here. Oh, Johnny, he looked at her. Well, of course he did. She's in the hallway and he had to go that way. You know, and if he, listen, let me give you some free advice. If he looks at her, talks to her, then he's not good enough for you. Say bye-bye. Go away. You're not worth my time. Same thing with the girls. If she needs to have the attention of 20 guys, say, see you later. Fly away. Because I'm amazing. Just look right at her and go, I'm amazing. God's got someone amazing for me. And clearly, it's not you. Bye-bye. Now, in marriage, it's not quite that easy. I understand. But jealousy can creep in really easy. And the only way to deal with it as a heart issue is to actually talk about it. The longer you leave that untalked about, the worse it's going to get. It'll become toxic. It'll become toxic and you become convinced that something's going on. Fits of rage is simply uncontrollable anger. That comes from the dark side of the heart. Uncontrollable rage. Selfish ambition is this. Can be understood as a motivation to elevate oneself or to put one's own interests before others. I mean, if you work in a company where there's competitiveness there, well, you've seen this one. People will take credit for your work. They'll, they'll, they'll say you did it wrong. They'll do whatever they gots to do to make sure you don't get it. I mean, I've seen this. I've seen this, I've seen this in ministry. It's sad. It's pathetic. But it happens. It happens all the time. Dissensions, an agreement that leads to deeper disagreement. Oof. I like the word dissensions, though. It's a cool word. But it leads to deep disagreement. And it causes a fruit that is just very difficult to get rid of. Factions. This is involving more than one person. It's a small dissenting group within a larger group. They can cause a fraction or a division. This does happen in churches. Happens all the time. In Canada where I was, they asked me to consider a church. This church over a six-year period had like eight pastors. They ate them up and spit them out faster than you could blink. And then my pastor looked at me because he loved me and he has since gone on to be with the Lord. He said, don't. He said, I think you could do it, but don't. It would be at great personal cost. Don't. Superintendent took that church and he said, we will not send a pastor here until you smarten up. I was like, oh, bring it to Papa. You know? 
Envy, a desire to have a quality, possession, or other desirable attribute belonging to someone else. Why would we want to be somebody else? Why? Don't envy somebody else because guess what? They've got problems and issues that you don't know about. And social media, they know for a fact, they know for a fact, moms, dads, grandparents, TikTok, Instagram has increased mental illness issues amongst young people by a large degree because everyone on there shows their best side and it creates envy issues and it's caused mental illness amongst young people. Now, am I saying you need to make them go home and delete it? No, I'm just making you aware and help them to have perspective. Because I could take any young person here and I could have my son upstairs who does all of our media do a media campaign with any one of you. And you would look just like one of those perfect people that everyone else is going, oh, they're so perfect, I wish I was them. And then you'd be the envy causer. So don't envy somebody else. Because everybody has issues. Everyone say issues. Drunkenness, the state of being completely intoxicated. I don't need to explain that. Right? Okay, all right, fine. We'll stop there. Orgies, a wild party, especially involving excessive drinking and unrestrained drinking. It's just an out of control, out of your mind, get bombed event. Just completely out of control. And out of this heart that flows straight from the river of the flesh, those that live like this, Scripture says, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's the fruit that comes from the one side. Now, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, I'm going to go through this quickly. But the heart can also, by the Spirit, produce something else that is incredibly powerful and make no mistake, like what we've talked about above, it is a heart thing, just it's the complete opposite of what we just heard. Aren't you thankful that there's an antidote to what you just heard? The fruit of the heart controlled by the Spirit is love. God's love is self-sacrificing, generous, extravagant, lavish, costly, limitless, boundless, measureless, and unconditional. It can only come from a heart surrounded by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's dangerous to remove him from the church. He's the only one. Joy in the Lord is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness in the Lord. Who would like that? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our. If you're not feeling strong today, check your joy meter. See where it's at. See where it's at. Peace. It covers the sum total of God's blessing to a person who belongs to the covenant community. In other words, those who have accepted Christ. There is a peace that goes beyond anything this world can offer. Because we know that if this body fails... That if this life is taken, we know where our destination is. 
See, that's a heart thing. That's a fruit of the heart. And the world can't take that from us. Forbearance. Patience is long-suffering. It involves more than a passive waiting. It's an active forbearance. It's deliberate willingness to put up with disagreeable things. How many know the world is disagreeable with us, the church? In the pursuit of higher goals, it can only come from a heart that is being led by the Spirit of the living God. We can only attain that through the Holy Spirit forbearance. Kindness. It's the ultimate expression of your love for God. Just if the whole church, the whole church of Jesus Christ in the United States, if we all demonstrated kindness at the same time, my goodness, instead of, you know, driving by somebody with a love Jesus honk sticker as, you know, you're like screaming at them out the window because they cut you off, with another sticker says, I can't drive 55, you know. Kindness is the ultimate expression of your love for God. It's how we tell him that we are choosing him in as much as he chose us. That's huge. Kindness is huge. It's one of our ways of telling the world that he's alive in us. Goodness, the act of truly good flows out of the spirit of goodness, which is the fruit of the spirit outlined in Galatians 5.22. Goodness is rightly ordered motivation behind our desire to act well. Do you have a desire to act well? Do you? And its priorities follow what God desires for our lives. Faithfulness. Faithfulness or the heart of faithfulness comes from a complete trust and loyalty. Man, that fruit comes out of a heart that is surrendered to God. There's a faithfulness that should automatically want to be there, to follow him completely. As a Christian, it's important to be faithful to God. It is one to simply believe in him, but it's another to be faithful to God. Lots of people believe in him, but are they faithful to him? Are they faithful to him? And this is not a shot. Please don't take it as one. But outside of vacations and you know people getting sick, in the generation we're in, most people don't even make it to church every Sunday anymore. And there was a time when we used to go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and midweek. And we find it hard just to get here Sunday morning. And it's getting harder and harder and harder. Oh, pastor, like, well, well, the church has to fix that. No, I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I mean, we advertise on Facebook. We put videos out during the middle of the week. We have signs on the road. We do all these things. It's a heart thing. It is a heart thing. And it's not just happening in our church. It's happening in every church. It's happening across the entire country. And by the way, it's happening in Canada too. It's happening everywhere because people are looking out for themselves. The pandemic did that. I don't blame people initially. It was a scary, scary thing. But it's time for us to start looking out for each other again. 
Gentleness. Gentleness is the quality or characteristic, one more after this, of being kind, tender, mild-mannered, compassionate, and considerate. To be gentle means that you show love and care for others the way you act and speak. Oh, wouldn't our world be so different if people were gentle? So many harsh words. I was at the pharmacy the other day, and this, the lady asked this girl if she was still going to buy her purchase. And the girl goes, I'm trying to get money on the phone. She just blew up. And this poor, this lady, I know her. She's nice. She's not mean to anybody. She's like, I just wanted to know so I could like, help the next person if I needed to. And she called me over, and I smiled at her, and I said, it's okay. Here you go. Like, she was rattled. And this other person was not nice. And I just thought, man, somebody just needs to be nice. To have gentleness is to have a gentle spirit or nature about you can only be achieved if the spirit has control of the heart. There are lots of nice people in the world, but there are not a lot of people with a gentle spirit. Young guys, let me tell you, you're looking for a bride, look for a gentle spirit. Find it. It's a gift. Self-control. It's a sign that Christ is in us. We live in the instantaneous world, do we not? I want it, I want it now. Get out of my way, get out of my way now. I've been in line for eight seconds, get out of my way. If we let our desires lead our decisions or our lives and our bodies can quickly spin out of control. Submission to the Spirit is the key and and self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And it comes out of the heart that is surrendered to the Spirit of God. I'm going to have Pastor Nate come back. I am finished. I think they're clapping for you. It can either be a flesh thing, and you already heard what that list looks like and what that can do to your heart and life, or secondly and lastly, it can be a hard thing where it is submitted and we allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow out of you to all that you come in contact with. But it is really always going to originate with the heart either way. It's either going to be controlled by the flesh or controlled by the spirit. But it is a heart thing. This series on the heart has really challenged me. It really has. While I was off, God was really, really challenging my own heart. You know, you get a lot of time to reflect when you're sitting in a chair with a collar on your neck and you can't see your feet. Don't know why I threw that in there, but it was kind of funny. Just couldn't do nothing. Couldn't do anything fun. You can only watch YouTube so long. Fox and Friends gets boring after a while. And I just kept thinking about my life over and over and reflecting on 
my family and my friends, people that I had met, and people that I was mean to, people that, you know, I was kind to. I watched social media. I didn't really post anything during that time because I had nothing to say. I see so much kind of noise on social media. I thought, I'm not going to say anything until I have something to say. I tried to reach out to people that I hadn't seen or heard from in a long time. During that time, I lost my mentor. And at his funeral, the guy that I had met, who was his best friend, who I had met before him, who was my other mentor, who spoke at his funeral, died that night. And I was talking to the pastor, believe it or not, who introduced me to my pastor where I worked, if that makes any sense. He was the youth director, the DYD. And I said, these were the guys that we went to. These were the guys we talked to. These were the guys that gave us the advice. And they're gone. You're the guy now. Because that guy, that guy who pastored in the same church I did, is now the superintendent of that district. And he's two years younger than me. And I just was reflecting on how fast things can change. And I thought, Lord, I want my heart to change. I want it to be ready for whatever it is you're going to do in our world. Because our world needs help. We could talk politics. I mean, our world needs Jesus. Our community needs Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, working with our young people has been a gift to me. I haven't been able to do it for a number of months. My wife has done it the most. But just even being back for a few weeks, I can see the passion in their lives. It's a gift. Because they haven't given up on the world. They haven't given up on what God can do. They don't have that hopeless feeling that I see in adults who kind of just given up and said, whatever, it's a mess. They still believe. I want that. Don't you? That's two of us. I want to pray today. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? God's been dealing with the fruit of my heart. And I want to pray for you today. And you're like, you know what? Please pray for me because I feel like God's kind of turning over the ground in my life and he's trying to pull some weeds and plant good stuff. I'd like to pray for you. And you'd say, listen, just pray for me. Can I see your hand? Just hold it up. Thank you. All around this room. I'm going to look up top. It's a little harder to see up there, but I can. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you are so incredibly amazing that you give us this word and it shines such a big light on us that we can't escape it. And it shows us exactly where we are. 
And it reveals to us the good, it reveals to us the bad, it reveals to us the in-between. And Lord, for some, you're turning over the ground, you're pulling some weeds, you're planting some good things. And I pray, Father, as we go through that process, that you would help us, oh God, to grow. That you would help us to do good. That you would help us, Father, to have a heart that would bear godly fruit. That you would allow and that you would help us to have the Holy Spirit active in our lives. Spirit of God, forgive us for pushing you away. For being even afraid of you. We invite you into our lives, into the journey. To continue to work inside of us. We thank you. Be with us this week. Help us to be kind. Oh, Lord, help us to be with a gentle spirit. Help us to be in situations where we can be that for somebody. Help us to be an example of what a Christ follower should be. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, God bless you as you go. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.